some miracle nutrition with Hardy White. I'm Hardy White. Join me now, won't you, as we take a virtual university class. What's the subject? What's the object? What's the verdict? What's the frequency? Hardy? Oh my gosh. Let's just take it and find out. First do no harm. You're okay. If you want to buy me perfume for my birthday, I wear Pawar Hamamame. I don't think that's what it's called. Yeah, look. That's poor om for men. Om means man. Oh, so like when people are meditating and they say om, they're really saying, man, that makes sense now. For your birthday, I'm giving you something you can use, an IOU. Thanks, Butch. The promise of future money is better than cash because you won't spend it. You are a practical person. I am practically a person, I agree. What are you guys talking about? IOUs. Ohm. It's your turn to listen to him. I'm headed to teach a class at the university. What class? Indeed. I mean, what are you teaching? Philobachy. Oh, of course. It's Latin for love of butchie. What can I teach but information through the filter of my own experience and perception? There's no way to teach objective info. There is none. I will not shill for another's perspective. So the course material is? Junk I learned in my opinions. Well, there's no way to have imposter syndrome. Drop the pretense, I say. What university are you teaching at? Moan. Moan University. The most prestigious university in the country. Yeah. And they hired you to just talk about junk you know in your opinions. Yeah. That's the case with all the faculty hires. But since my opinions are radically different, I was hired for diversity. That's amazing, Butchie. Whatever. Anyway, I gotta head to class. If I'm 15 minutes late, they can leave. All right, Ohm, break a Lego. That Butchie has such confidence. I admire that. Yeah, me too, but sometimes it can get him in trouble. Yeah, like, remember the time when he... <laughs> what? Did you start to remember? Remember what? The time that Butchie... <laughs> Are you trying to flash back? Yeah, why can't I? Oh, it's password protected. I'm sorry, I locked it. Butchie was abusing it. The password is apostrophe M-E-M-B-E-R question mark. Got it. Do you remember when Butchie did that thing? What thing? Lou, be more specific. What's wrong with you guys? You having a transient ischemic attack? Oh, hey, Butch. We were flashing back in the future, and I wasn't specific enough, so it just put us somewhere random. You gave him the password? Oh, I wasn't thinking. I'm sorry. I don't know what I did in the future that made you flash back here, but stop talking about me behind my back. Sorry, Butch. Well, hello, my friends. I am Professor Hardy White. I say professor, but I am no more of a professor than the Yahtzee man. I'm simply posing as a professor because this is a virtual college course, a class in the subject of philority. That's Philo, love of Hardy. That's me. I will be teaching things that I have learned and some of my opinions and impressions of those things that I have learned. I do not mistake them for objective truth. I do not even know if they are useful information. But the only thing I can be sure of is my own experience. I would be no good teaching someone else's agenda. Here, Hardy teach this history class in an event called the Great uh, Squeezing. I don't know what that, that would be. I, maybe I made that up. Maybe I didn't. There, Hardy, there was a Great Squeezing. Well, I'm ignorant of it. So you see, I have no business teaching it. But I may have been at other events, like my high school's air show to raise money. 
I don't know if it was theirs exclusively, but I was there. Do I remember it? No, not really. My mother reminded me of it only recently. But there we have it. You can write that down. Well, we need this for the test. There's no test. It's almost, it's self-guided. I don't know what that means. You grade, you grade you. I don't know how hard you were trying. I can't evaluate your work. And at the end of the day, the amount of information you have retained, well, that's between you and your information retainer, which I hope you've been wearing at night to keep your thoughts orthodox. Orthodox just means straight, like your teeth. That's how they get orthodontist. Write that down. All of this is pertinent. If you didn't know it, now you do. It's only an old joke if you've heard it before. Otherwise, it's new to you. Someone I've been told that multiple times by old people. So I'm going, yes, yes, I know. You're telling me an old saw about an old joke now. It's recursive. You'll find that out too. We're going to learn to write in recursion. So what's that mean? Mirror writing. And then it it's infinitely reproduces itself. Their notes about notes about notes will be taking. What kind of materials will I need? Well, I would have something. First, a changeante, some kind of silk that changes color depending on the angle. So it's blue. Is it blue or purple? Well, it could be both depending on the light or something. So that's a material you want to have. Another one would be like a notebook. Now, Professor Hardy, yes, you in the back. Will I need, can I use an electronic one, notebook? I don't know. It, that's up to you. But I would love to see just writing and making and everything like that. The electronic, I, you know, you wonder if it's going to be there. Uh, and you can't, the thing is, you can't wad up. Let's say you write down the things that I say. And then when you're done, you're thinking, I would love to be able to wad these words up and throw them at the person who said them. You can't do that with an iPad, really. I mean, you could, but it's just you only be able to do it once. And then you'd, because you you'd hurt a person with if you throw electronics at them. You can write that down. That's a thing, too. Hardy has now said five useful things. It could be. I'm also here to attest to the fact that I believe language itself, because of its imprecision, is very much incapable of transmitting very much truth to begin with. And my evidence is the paradox. Like the Sorites paradox, the heap. How much is a heap? How much rice is a heap? See, heap, everything is, it would be tedious if we said ish on the end of everything, but that's what it is. A circle, ish. It's a tree-ish. So we are imprecise about all things we describe. That, I think that's a dog. So it's kind of a dog. What is a dog? And we could examine that. What is a circle? What is a tree? What is God? And we'd have to go on and on because those words aren't words like three or something which is clear, not clear. That's also interesting. So if you have three, you have three pennies, but what's that mean exactly? Uh, because within those pennies, they're composed of, of numbers that don't, aren't even. It isn't one, a one what? So these are all philosophy, and you will go to other classes in this college, and they will give you the answers to that, and you may already know them. So you can use this as a sort of rest or study time. My voice will make you feel like you are learning something. But you may use that just as a background noise, sort of like Satie's furniture music, to doodle. And that is just as productive. If you were to just use this time to doodle, say, I'm, li I'm listening, not listening, Hardy. I've heard that my whole radio career. People say, I'd love to listen to you. I, but sometimes it's not listening, listening, as much as I'm letting the words wash over me. And I do that with music, too. I'm not always paying super-duper attention. Sometimes it is just on in the background. And we're talking. I remember it would be uh, back in the day, friends would come over and you'd get around a conversation pit and you put on 
a comedy record, a spoken word record, and then you have your conversation with that in the background. So you say, like, oh, isn't, isn't Harry Shearer talking a little loudly? And you go, no, no, it's just the, just the record. Uh, credibility gap records on a little loud. But we're going to dance later. We're going to dance to some, what's his name, uh, Vaughn Meter or something. So I don't know, uh, Bob Newhart. You want me to put some of that on and, and we'll make out. Maybe I am like that. And I have felt in a classroom setting transported, usually to dreamland, but that's still nice. You say, oh, Professor, you meant a lot to me because no one put me to sleep so profoundly. I wouldn't take that as an insult. and say, I had visions. Because really sometimes, and this has happened to me in an hour, sometimes I say something in five seconds. That's that's what affects somebody. Say, what you said about how love is like panning for gems in North Carolina really struck with me or something like that. And I said, good. The rest of it was just shell and stuff. That's fine. I'm glad you got the little nugget out of it. So not everything you see. Do you remember, have any of you, hands up. Every, listen, everybody put their hands up and I'll say, hand, okay, so hand, put your, everybody put their hands up now. Hands down, anybody who's seen the old uh, cable TV thing that sold various gemstones and everything. Just loose gemstones, not jewelry. Just loose, like they raided uh, Alibaba's cave or something like that. Um, just then, we got, I got fistfuls of diamonds. And do you remember that? Put your hands down. Mine's shoulders stiff from that. I'm so sorry. But um, you watch that and you say, I'm going to watch it for a while. And not, you know, not this tanzanite, not this emerald, not this... There's one, I don't know what they are, named after celebrities and everything. Um, Stillerite was one of them. So they have these, and then you maybe every once in an hour you go, that one. The old home shopping network was like that too. You say, no, I don't need face cream. No, I don't need a folding chair. Yes, I need a Star Trek mug where Picard disappears and appears, depending on whether there's hot liquid in there. No, that's not it. I'm conflating two of them. Uh, it's a cloaking device on a Klingon. That's what got me one time. I said, I have to have that. I have to, I have, to have that. I'm not sure whether the Klingons appeared or disappeared with the addition of the hot coffee. So I don't remember that. I don't know which they would say something different. But isn't it funny that I thought it was Picard transporting? If I put my coffee in it, it transports to the surface. And he doesn't come back again until I'm finished drinking my coffee or it's cold. And he says, is it safe to come back? Earl Grey, cold? Yes, Earl Grey, cold now. You can come back. All right. That's how I mask my impression of him. Write that down. These are all things that I think are useful. And they're all vaguely disguised, philosophical, stick with me, and also nonsense, which is a type of philosophy. It's a, it's a branch of art. So there's different kinds of art. Basically, you can take any study and put a prefix on it, and it'll branch off into a direction and become a new thing. And that includes anti. So for everything, and this is another Star Trek thing, you say they have matter, they have antimatter, they have Kirk, they have anti-Kirk, Spock, anti-Spock. Everything has that. So uh, you can take it and and flip it like that. Isn't that something else? So uh, now, oh, you say for the information in this, is that right? Yes, everything I says has an opposite meaning as well. And so every, uh, every endeavor then has an opposite. And there's anti-philosophy and everything you can say. Look it up on the Google. There's, I'm sure this is, they all exist. You can't coin anything. Everybody's had these thoughts already. We're done thinking. That's another thing is everything's been thought so that we could. So, well, what do you need me for? I go, I know. That's why we have this feeling of uselessness. So I got, I got here, finally got to Earth, and it just feels like, like everything is like all the work's been done. It has. 
Now they're just making things up. I know. Everything's been thought, and I know. Now we're just, I don't know what we're doing. We're, we're part of the, are we supposed to destroy civilization so it can be rebuilt in the future? Oh, born at a, that's a terrible time. Yes. I don't know if that's true. I don't know what, whether anything happened before I got here anyway. Because that's kind of, I take that on faith. Who knows, maybe. Maybe things are going, I haven't been convinced. Terrible to admit, but uh, the world could have been created just a few minutes ago as it was a few minutes ago. I know that's a thought experiment, but sometimes my thought test tubes blow up. I burn myself terribly with thought experiments. They don't tell you that. You know, in a normal lab, they have, they go, what is that weird thing that looks like two showers, but they're pointed up? And you go, that's when you get acid in your eyes. So they say in the philosophy lab, they say, well, what happens if you get some kind of paradox stuck in your morality? And you go, oh, you got to blast your eyes with some sort of clarity water. You know, listen. I, it, was, it was the Swedish group Eggstone that said, water's in everything. Water is in lemon curd and every bird. So there's another, the professor of, of 90, uh, 90s pop would know more about that. And they do a whole course on Swedish pop and Eggstone and cardigans. And is that the right, get the right group? And, oh, it's remarkable. And uh, he does a course on Meshuggah. I, I, listen, I don't know a lot about any one specific thing. But I have what they call, what do they call it? Knowledge smear, which is a patina of intellect. You know, I just have that little, I have a coating of things I've learned. I have a thirst for knowledge, you know, but then I have a very weak bladder. So I drink up all this knowledge, but then it's a lot of it I just pass. And uh, some of it is absorbed. And I like to do that. I like to keep my tissues saturated with ideas. And I like to think a lot. And I don't mind being trapped somewhere sometimes. Not not anywhere like I can't get out of the situation like I was on the New Jersey Turnpike recently. It's one of those things where everybody goes, where are we even merging? What are we doing? You just want to get out of your car and go, I don't even know. There are no lanes. There seem to be no rules. We're just all, what's going on? And, uh, you know, that that, uh, that's trans that can be transcendent. Because then you think, well, this is wonderful because I wouldn't have chosen to be here thinking the things I'm thinking right now. And I, so I don't mind that. There are some things I don't want to think like, oh my God, why am I here alone in space? You know, drifting. And then, oh, is that a Bowie song? No, no, forget about that. But, you know, you're going to, you're in the space suit. You know, this is it. I don't want that. I mean, that would be intense. I know you'd think some really profound things that you could then not tweet. How frustrating. So I thought my most profound thought, and I was in a cave in Tibet, and I'm looking around, and I go, ah, blah, blah, good. if only I could die, I need to tweet it out now. Think of all those likes that uh, uh, one of those, uh, a llama could have. Say, so, oh, Totally, totally was like, had this pithy thing that occurred to me from all this, you know, zazen sitting nonsense. It gives you some time. I mean, you get really tired. You get tired of drift, you know, napping. Eventually, you kind of sit up and you go, I want to think. I'm going to think something. I'll think something complicated. I've done that. I've, I go, I'm going to try to think up a whole room, like imagine, like decorate it and hold those thoughts. Have you ever tried to do that? Say, well, imagine a room and then keep it, you know, there's a couch there and it's like, keep it there hard in your thoughts so you're seeing it while you're putting other stuff. Oh, it's hard to do. And uh, I don't get very far before I take a nap on aforementioned couch. 
in my own mind. And I can be awake in real life. That's usually, that's describing my work life. Really, I'm here. I love it. The most, I think one of the most profound things, and I, I'm not nostalgic about the cartoons of my youth, but I will say they occasionally taught me very, very deep lessons and very biting and critical social messages often. And one of them was this idea that you could be uh, replaced by an automaton that maybe Gazoo made, and no one would really notice. Such is the, uh, your existence. No one cares, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And so they wouldn't even notice maybe at work. This isn't a work situation. Oh, your loved ones would. Could you imagine that? You Come on, Hardy, we're, we're going out. Uh, Yabba-dabba-do. No, you are not Hardy. You're not hardy. You don't fool us for a second. But I think in a work situation, they wouldn't know. They go, enough of that yabba dabba doo, white. Come on, we're going, we've got a meeting. So um, how far, I don't want to fill up the whole book. I'm not even done talking about the syllabus, which I like to say. I'm being silly. I know it's syllabus. Um, but I like to be, sometimes I just like to be a little I'll be a little funny. You'll notice that in class. You'll say, is he kidding? I've had a lot of students say that. Are you um, Are you for real? Are you kidding? Is this a joke? Like that. And I'll go, yeah, it is and it isn't. What are we even banned for? I feel like I've been, I feel like I've been tricked. He said, well, that's part of it. That's part, that's a fun part of it. When you go to uh, uh, House of Mirrors and go, well, this isn't a carnival, isn't it? no. Isn't it not? What is it? It's a university. Okay, so it is a university. But don't you want to be tricked? Probably not. I don't know. I'm bringing this. This is just something I'm bringing to the table. Is a little just intellectual three-card Monty. And uh, the little bean was never under any cup. I'm sorry. There's no, there's no bean. I ate it, or something like that. But that's not the point either. Oh, it was a foam ball. Oh, Lord, what's going to happen to me? Now I'm worried. It's so weird. I'm out there. It's like when Divine ate the poo. You go like, oh, you'll do it. But then you're like, oh, what did I do? So I'm like that too. It's uh, the Im no impulse control, but I do have uh, obsessive uh, regret. So that's a what a curse and a curse. It's a it's, is it a blessing too? Other things are blessing. What's a blessing? Being here in front of you. Oh my goodness! Do you know? They say those who those who can teach often do. Those who there's all it's a complicated uh, saying because the reason that a lot of people go into teaching, some of it only only about forty six percent of it is bitterness, bitter capitulation. But some of it is, is real. So I want to make a difference. And I just, this, is a, this was number 11 on my list. And it was the only one that really kind of came together. And so I'm, here's how I'm going to make a difference. Or, you know, I just, you know, you majored in math and stopped at your bachelor's or something. I don't know what happened uh, to you. But. It's wonderful to be able to, to convey any kind of information. And we needed it. We wouldn't still have. This is what astounds me. So I just came from a long drive across, not across country, but from uh, Kentucky to Connecticut uh, on a dare. And I noticed a lot of things as I drove by was technology, like air turbines and all that kind of thing. And I think just how incredible it is that knowledge is retained by humankind as us individuals die like it stays here and uh the others go away it has to get passed on but there's enough people that it gets sort of like disseminated and then they they're able to do things and make things and these cars run and everything people know how to build houses but the ones who taught them are dead and they're all their teachers are dead and the uh, 
the knowledge stays here. And the biology dies. And it's like, it's the, the code in the machine, I guess. And where, why they made machines out of like this baloney-like substance, I don't know. Whether, I don't know that we were made. Who knows? Those are other courses that will talk to you about that. And they'll explain to you the, I think there's three or four theories about why we're here. And they're all good. So you just pick one. And then turn off your brain somehow uh, just by, I guess, buying a, buy a boat or just go for walks in the woods or some of y'all take drugs. I'm not, I'm not your parent. But I will tell you uh, that the wonderful thing is to be inquisitive because it just makes your face more open and welcoming and people will like you. You go, what? What's going on? No, that's not a reason to do it. I just like it because it's uh, occupying. You know that. It gives you something to uh, to do. I am uh, like, when I see these dog shows and they say, oh, this species, you got to keep them busy or they'll eat the couch. That's me. That, that's a lot of us. So they got it. doesn't matter what their dumb job is. You know, it's like, you make sure this sheep doesn't leave. Okay, all right, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I just need, I need purpose. And whether it's made up purpose, it doesn't matter. It's, it must be something, you know, just neurological. They say that for everything. My brain's neurology. Everything is connected, isn't it? Oh, okay. People say that a lot of, you will hear that when you're in your uh, courses where the suffix is ology or something like that. And you will hear uh, all sorts of uh, 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 theories of the mind and what we're experiencing and what it's all about and everything like that. And that's all very, I love it. It's all very interesting. And then uh, after that, go over and there's a professor I like, Professor Punch. And he will hit you very on the head with a blackjack and knock you out and really da pretty badly damage your brain. And then you get you go back to the uh, consciousness course with a uh, with damaged perceptions. And then you talk about what it means to be alive and aware. And it's very interesting because you get more than one perspective. Now, if the lens is damaged, how do you know what you're seeing is correct? And how much help can a damaged lens be? There was a pirate, and his name was Albrecht Durer, no relation. And he sailed the seas in an old 18th century sailing ship. What class was it? It was a uh, Escalade. And it was, how many sails does that have? Many. Many countless tiny ones. More sails than a fly has eyes. And he sailed the sea out there and uh, uh, did some uh, pirating and exploring. And uh, what he found was that worldviews are cobbled together from these uh, stolen perceptions. And I love that. I listened to a person give a talk recently and they talked about merging horizons and all that kind of thing is how we contribute to each other's knowledge. And we all do. All, we all have input into this. And it's a little more babble than that. It's a lot of confused uh, hallucinations combined together. And so I take into account all of your distorted perceptions as I build my reality. And I think, oh, how many authors are of the story of my life, the movie story of my life, how many screenwriters are lunatics and that I am reciting the words of the insane. And I think that all the time. Oh, are you insane, Professor? Oh, I am quite mad. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think so. I have taken a lot of home tests and everything like that. There's one where you just... You lick everything, and then you drop a little chemical on it. And if it turns a certain color, 
you're crazy. That came back negative. I've done, I took an online quiz to see what um, Hogwarts house I was in. That came back negative. Gosh, I don't know. I've looked into it, you know, but I think I'm, I think I'm not crazy. And I hear from uh, students, let's call them students, you don't have to be, in, uh, you don't have to know less than me to be my student. Uh, what happens is this, a lot of very, very smart people come to me and say, Hardy, I'm peerless and I have no superiors. No one can teach me any longer. So I now am at the level of teaching myself. And uh, the, only, the only teacher, the only kind of subject, the only thing that I can't recreate is you. I say, thank you. And they say, I say, what do you mean by that? And, and they say, I need to be taught by the foolish. And I can't pretend to be foolish. So I, I legitimately need an idiot to be my professor. And so therefore I get, oh my goodness. If I told you, I don't want to embarrass them or myself or anything, but oh, some heavy intellectuals, heavy hitters, listen to this uh, class, this online subject right now. And they, they need to say, I want to, get, I want to get to the next level. It's so much like drunken kung fu and you need to go to the actual drunk. Because you can pretend to do the drunken kung fu, but there's just something about the, the person who's legitimately impaired and addled and wobbly and off balance. And then you learn from them. You said, learn from the lowly. And kung fu has a lot of that. Say, I'm going to go out there. Who's going to be my teacher? A bug. A bug. I mean, you say, oh, grasshopper style. I said, grasshoppers just... Oh, man, you should see what they do to other grasshoppers and all. They can cut their heads off. Yeah, but, like, I could totally take a grasshopper. So there's that, too. So they're not really that powerful, uh, but they are fine teachers. So I say, yeah, man, if I, you know, grasshopper, your, your stuff makes a lot of sense if you also have some, you know, some mass. So do that. Um I learn from all kinds of bugs. I see all kinds of like pill bugs and cicada. I've done that as a martial art. I do a cicada style where I'll cling to somebody. And they'll go, oh, they try to get me. Get, get off of me, get off of me, get off of me. And then they finally notice that it's only, it's a, it's only a shell. It's only my, my outward, like my exoskeleton or whatever. It's just a shell. I'm, I'm long gone. Uh, I'm also dead and have reproduced. And my children have buried themselves at the root of a silver maple or an oak or a pine or something like that. I don't know. They do, they do their best. The style of the cicada. Oh, you are not good enough for cicada clan. Yes, you are. You can be in it. And I am teaching you a style right now. And it's not say oh isn't it stream of consciousness it's not it's not it it's more like a log flume or something it's not a stream it's not a meandering i know where it's going it's going into that basin where all the stagnant water and the doo-doo is from the ride and everything we're just we're headed a place it's a stream yes but it doesn't it doesn't really meander it meanders but i know where we're going and that's downhill and that's where they all go. So that's what I think of it. I, I, I'm uh, saying things to you in an ish way. Because if I'm talking about how imprecise language is, then language itself is only really effective at its most poetic. When you talk around something. When you try to define something by assaulting it with words and descriptions and everything. This is how a circle makes me feel. I realize that even in math, I can't get a circle defined correctly or precisely. Boy, I'll tell you, this thing I'm saying, this word I'm saying, doesn't really even probably exist. But we all know what it means, and it's useful. And I can get close enough for government work, and also close enough for space 
exploration work. I mean, really pretty darn precise, but at the, at the, it's still ish. And boy, you think that's ish. You think that's imprecise. Who are you? Who is Hardy White? Where are the edges of that? You know, when we're going to get out uh, later in the semester, somebody's going to come in here with an electron microscope or something, we're going to look at the edge of a penny and try to see where it ends. And you'll go, oh, it looks like it just like, fuzzes out. Everything, the edge of everything fuzzes out. And, you know, the edge of you fuzzes out even worse. Not worse, not bad or good. And then you fuzz out, the edges of you fuzz out into the fuzzed out edges of others. And we all live together that way. Like cotton candy folk mingled, dissipating into one another, like cloud people. And it's hard to know where one begins and the other ends. But we still live with this burden of personal identity. I am the hardy cloud. And as I dissipate or change shape, I feel guilt because I must maintain my hardy whiteness. No, oh, drifty little cloud. That always bothered me when, I, when people would say, oh, that little, look at that little precious little cloud. I wonder if he's lonely. I said, oh, stop anthropomorphizing the clouds of all things. You're making me sad <laughs> as things drift into one another and everything. Now the, now the mist, now moisture is making me sad. But there's no separation there. The cloud isn't lonely. And uh, nor am I. Not now, not standing before you like this. Oh, there's no textbooks. And the reason, one of the reasons there is financial. I'm not going to do that to you. Say, well, we could, you could assign your own book, professor. Well, I could do that. It's no, I've written one book. Many, many, many of you have read it, and I've gotten tremendous feedback. And uh, I apologize for that, and we've turned the monitors down. But, you know, that's not going to be required because now it's, it's collectible. It is expensive. It is not good. So we're not going to use a textbook. We're going to, what we're going to do is every week we're going to bring in a magazine. And you're going to clip an article out and you're going to paste it on a board. And then around it you're going to write, you're going to write a circle, and then we're going to have the five, way, the five spokes of a way of looking at an event. What is this? How can I make a joke about it? Uh, what's, synesthetically speaking, what does it, what does it smell? And uh, there's a couple other questions like that. They're secret. We'll get when we get to them. I don't want to tell you things ahead of time. You're not ready for it. We're just doing addition now and say, oh, and then we're going to get also linear algebra. No. Right now, we're just doing simple addition, subtraction, and elastification, which is when you take a number and you flip it and stretch it and reflect it in on itself. And that takes, some, that takes a little work. There'll be homework. For sure. But I love a, um, you can make your own workbook with crayons. And Shemp uh, Jive, Butchie's Dolgarian coloring book for service stations is going to be available. Fun. Um, oh, for real? No, not for real. I'm sorry. I'm like, you, hey, write that down. You do it. I'll just sign on. I'll make, just make things official. I would love that. You say, I made these uh, hardy white candies that are poisonous. All right, I just, I'll just sign off on them. Something like that. And then, because uh, gosh, I never, I don't get around to anything. And the, the reason is this. Um, I'm stalling. That's my whole, been whole, my whole life plan is, is vamp. You so say, what, what, what are you supposed to do? I don't know, stall. I know it doesn't go on forever. I watched my grandfather die, and I went, oh, thank God. Not thank God. He was gone. I missed him. But I was like, oh, this isn't permanent. Because it was starting to get me. I was like, how long does this even go on? Um, but not terribly long. So there's that. That's fine. And oh, my goodness. The 
range of experience is dependent on so many things. It is just feels like a lottery, and we will be reading the lottery. So, um, no, we won't read the cliff notes. Just there's something I, I there's something I endorse. Uh, it's a website now. It's called Gist. I don't know if this exists. I'm making this up. So if it does exist, don't go there. But it would just be called, if it doesn't already exist, it'll be called Gist. And what it is, is just you put in a book or a, something like that or an experience or a, s- a series and it'll just give you the gist. Usually in a very short s- sentence, just like a TV Guide description of it. Just the gist. I just want the meat, just the nut, a little bit of, Give me this. Give me the notes, like in perfuming. So, what are the top notes? What are the middle notes? What are the base notes? Just give me the gist of it. What are you talking about, Harvey? What? What? Did I say Harvey? Hardy. Um, it's Hardy. Sorry, self. What is the essence of what you are saying, Professor Hardy White? Distill it for us. Take the corn mash of all the information that you've collected, all the experiences, and then you put them in, uh, well, you cook it or something like that, I don't know. Then you put it in those pot stills and uh, distill it, and you catch the vapor and cool it, and then you have those that first clear distilled spirits, that white dog, and then you, you put it in the cask of time. And so that things seep into it, You're, all the things that you go through. So you can collect experiences, build it to build the character, build the flavor. So it's not just the essence. It's the essence plus the burned residue of your broken heart, of your joyous soul it gets in there and it turns it this beautiful amber or or slightly darker and you say "Mm," and it gets you messed up that's so great about it making making booze out of your experience is it's like oh man party you have a reminiscence party there's always a little party going on in your mind i don't mind that and uh, I can hear that, Hardy. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. It's so wonderful. It's liberating. The reason it is, uh, there's reasons a party, a, a, a natural but mimicking drug-induced party in my head all the time, is my uh, letting go uh, all the time of my expectations for myself and my worldview and just free-floating and just cutting myself loose and uh, drifting off and letting the wind blow me, letting the tide take me. And like a kite or a really like a what the uh, Jamaican people call a scandal bag, which is one of those plastic bags that you pick up that you get at the grocery store that you use to pick up dog poo and they'll inside out. And um, you take, become that. Become a scandal bag in the wind. Just blow up. Now you're caught in a tree and you look like uh, David Lynch, Twin Peaks, The Return, uh, um, Evolution of the Arm. Like that. And then you blow out of that again and you're something else. And you transform constantly. You say, who am I? Who is Hardy White? Hardy White is anything that's uh, in him. Hardy White is one of those uh, giant dancing fan things outside a car dealership. Those wiggly tube people. He, is, he isn't anything but the wind in him. And that's, that's what I am. I'm letting y'all are animating me with the force of the, the, just the air pressure of your existence is causing me to wiggle in it and dance for you. And I love it. I love it.
And does it attract attention to this car lot of ideas? What are you looking for today? What can I put you in? What can I put you in? Can I put you in a very old idea from an ancient culture? Maybe something newer. Something that uh, we just thought of recently. That might be fun. Oh, that kind of possibility. Look at this. All this. You know what we have a lot of that we're trying to get rid of is we got a lot of multiple world kind of things. That modal realist uh, uh, four-wheel drives and, and things like that we're trying to get off the lot. It's just those have been very popular lately. And the reality of multiple universes and uh, possibilities, the existence of them. So, uh, I don't know. That. Got some old-fashioned things. Some people like the old, the very old ideas. And um, some of the very old stern religious ideas we have have driver's seats with a, a very sharp pyramid-like feature on the driver's seat to punish you as you're driving. Isn't that horrible? So that, you know, why would you do that? Um, well, if you're going to get a car, you know, made... Uh, expressly to uh, during the uh, Cather Inquisition, that's what you're going to get. But like the mod ones are going to be different. Oh, I'm going to, we're getting to the point of the class where I would like to entertain some questions. Your questions, but not you. So leave your question here and we're going to have a big party with it and you're going to be somewhere else feeling jealous. He's partying about my question, but not me. I feel rejected. Look, questions are just more desirable than, uh, than the answer. Are you the answer? I'm not the answer. All right, you may come to the question party. Question, Hardy White. Let me see. Let Who has a question? Ah, question. Oh, look who it is. It's Don. It's my old friend Don. What's your question? Uh. Don, I was uh, uh, wondering, I have one of those questions that's more like a very, very long non-question. And traditionally, I ask these in all college classes. So what I do is I'll say question, and then disingenuously, I will go into a long monologue, the purpose of which usually is to demonstrate my knowledge and to, well, possibly impress uh, the person that I'm ostensibly questioning. But again, it's more a performance, a demonstration of my uh, knowledge of self-aggrandizing. It's a little thing I do, a little dance. And now, as I'm answering or asking rather this non-question, uh, I'm going to take my shirt off as well. And you're going to see I've got a whimsical tattoo related to what we've been talking about. And so the attention getting is relentless. And now I see many of you are, are passive aggressively yawning and looking. No one wants to say anything. You're all disapproving and saying, who's that guy? I'm in graduate school with him and it's, he's loathsome. Uh, but uh, none of you will uh, do anything. All right. Well, I appreciate your uh, question, Don. That's a very good one. There's usually some, I don't know if you've ever been to a lecture or anything, that someone will stand up and do a performance question. That's not even a question. In fact, almost all question and answer things at the end of lectures devolve into that. And I usually leave. They're, they're really never questions. It's just know-it-all hour. And there would be, that would be just a wonderful, just start like that. And advertise it like that, say know-it-all. We've got a great thing. We've got a speaker. And he just before he says anything, you can just start talking. And you'll have to, you'll each get 45 minutes. And it goes on longer than a test match. So there you have it. That is my, uh, some of my ideas for transforming also our higher education system here. This is what I think it needs. One, me. Two, everything else seems fine. I think keep it as it is, but then a very prestigious university, any of them, anything. What's prestige to you? Any, a budget. They have a budget, they have students in that order. And then they hire me 
as a, I don't remember what, I forget what the word is, but I learned it in, um, from, uh, uh, what's his name, Adams. And it was uh, in, what, what's the thing called? Uh, Dirk Bogart's. <laughs> That's not it. So anyway, uh, but Professor Cronotus was a, a professor, but he didn't do anything. He just got money. So uh, just Douglas Adams. I'm just being, I'm just being cute. But Douglas Adams, Professor Cronotus, didn't do anything, but he had a salary from the university. And I don't know what it was, signature. I forget what the word is, but there's a word for it. That's sort of what I'm looking for. But I'd be willing occasionally to, t to teach a class. I just think once, w once a week is like excessive. You end up padding. And I think most of these classes, you go to the university classes, you go, is there really twice a week, three times a week? Are you kidding me? You know there's not that much information. So this is more laid back. Every once in a while, I'll like, what I'll do is I'll, you sign up for the class, and then I'll send out mass email that's like, what do you think? Tuesday? So there's no real schedule. And we go, what do you think's open? What's... Does anybody know of any, like, space we can meet? We meet outside a lot. We meet on the radio has been the most convenient way to do it. And now where they have the archive. So I'll get, Hardy, I don't always get the coursework until years later. You know, that's fine. Do it at your leisure. You know, do it at your leisure. The, the faster you get it done, the quicker you have to leave the bosom of the university. And the warming, protective breast of this institution, this WFMU University, it's, you don't want to leave it. It's, it's, it's warm. It's warm like a subway car, really. And, uh, and uh, why is that? It's the people. It's the people that make things, that put things out there. And they're the ones that are filled with ideas and gas and, and they're all little, uh, energy factories, you know, as things are, they're, uh, what they are is they're a bag, there's a bag of acid, and in that bag of acid is organic material that's being uh, broken down. And for that organic material, uh, various components are gathered to help fuel a this baloney-like uh, puppet monster thing that's reinforced with calcium sticks and blah, 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 blah. what a wonderful thing it's great to be alive with you and i'm going to probably get to know many of your names but i will never match them with faces or personalities i'm so sorry they'll just be names i wish i could do that it takes me a while but after a lot of visits i want to know who you are an interaction too not negative ones uh, so, oh, I think I found a way around. I, I found a way to become friends with Hardy. I'll, I'll, you know, menace him. No, that will not work. So, uh, but we'll interact throughout the semester. And we're going to learn together. And that doesn't just mean I'm just one chapter ahead in the book. There's no book. There's no book and I'm behind in the book. So that's weird. There's no book, but there is a notes section for the non-existent book. And I want you to fill that up with your own imagination and thoughts. I would love you to be able to think uh, not outside of anything or inside of anything, but outside, inside, and outside. Beyond inside and outside. Next to, within, against, inside, and outside. Don't think in terms of... Uh, thinking you know get outside throw away the box and the thinking bring back the box again think in it a little think around it throw it away again stop thinking mix it all up you have to do it this way because of the phenomenon of time there's just no way of doing a thing consistently permanently and there's no way of me telling you about it really using language in any way but the way i'm using it right now if I was to try to use it more 
I'm making all quote marks precisely. I don't think it would be effective and it would be wrong. And there's ways of transcending wrong or truth. And that is something that is an accurate projection of an experience. My feelings made into a sort of composition of sound. I can convey things to you in the tone of my voice. That's where they're coming. Not just these words. They are vague. You use them enough to get the feeling. But you know not to take that word literally. You know to let the literal meanings pass through you at the same rate as the creative, the poetic meanings of things. So the connotations and the denotations and the annotations and the anal name, anal nation, all happen at the same time. And I would love that if that was the lesson. Because that, I've found, has made my uh, learning life, which is separate and compartmentalized from anything else I do. No, that's the opposite of the lesson that I'm... It's all integrated. Everything I do, all these experiences, they're the point and then they're the non-point. Just you say that. <laughs> you know, by saying the opposite again, that it's like um, it's like hooping in, in preaching. Um, you know, uh, hooping is, uh, I'm not going to try to do it, but it's like when you uh, make a noise after you say a thing, <laughs> like that. You understand? <laughs> it's a punctuation. It's like an um or something, but a huh <laughs> with emphasis. And so I don't mean it literally either. You know, nothing is meant like that. It's all a beat of the heart and the silence between. The beat of the heart and the silence between it. And oh my goodness, the anticipation of whether there'll be another beat. And we all join hands now. It's a classroom, is this... Right, I forget. I always, I also do like religious ceremonies, so I forget what it is. A classroom, so let's not do the join hands thing. Let's do, but we can do a close eyes thing. So let's close eyes and just uh, feel just an awareness, a physical awareness of the other people that are listening to the show in this room, imaginary room. You're in a classroom, but those all the the classrooms people listening to this radio show. So if you're listening to it. Greg or somebody. Um, try to visualize who else is listening. You know, some people you'll know because you'll know them from the message board or anything. You'll say, "Oh, I, oh, uh, Fox is listening" or something. So, you know, it's somebody I know. I could imagine them sitting in a room or something. But I'm, then try to imagine people you don't know, just other souls. How many do you think there are in this classroom? And let's think that for a minute, because they've made it to this point in the show, that they have this value of opening their hearts, of understanding other living things, of trying to, I mean, of wanting to know and being willing to abandon some of their themselves in order to gain this knowledge, to let down certain protections and armors and let all that energy come together and all you listeners and beautiful people right now feel that you're all out there and connected. I'm so grateful for you. You are listening to Miracle Nutrition with Hardy White on WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, 91.9 in Rockland County and New York City, New York, and online at WFMU.org. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you again next week.
Ebony, twins neighbors Ebony, her name was Mahogany, twins neighbors Ebony, her name was Mahogany, twins neighbors Ebony, her name was Mahogany, twins neighbors Ebony.
Thank you.